Greg Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday. Today, friends, Torch Report 275, what's really the worst-case scenario? This is part three of the worst-case scenario analysis. Will SH TF will stuff hit the fan in 2023. I don't know, but I wanted to zoom way out, zoom, and start out here at this macro level analysis, considering the possibility of all hell breaking loose. What is the worst case scenario, really? And I want to start out by kind of splitting some hairs here because the worst case scenario is going to be different for everyone depending on your location, depending on your personal levels of preparedness, uh, depending on just plain old luck. You know, when a city gets bombed, for example, some people end up with a bomb in their lap. Other people, not so much. You know, they're not, not, it's not as disturbed. When a tornado rips through the town, some people end up in awe. Some people are just sitting there eating popcorn. You know, I'm sure you get the point here. You know, the question is, are you prepared? How prepared are you for a real shit hit the fan scenario. Okay. Just, just to say it like that, you know, are you ready for the lights to go out for the power to get cut? How long can you function without electricity? How much food do you have stored? How long would it really last? Would it last weeks? Would it last months? Then what? Then what? What if there really was a nuclear war? What if society really does society really does collapse? You know, if you have a pile of food and there was an angry mob of starving, desperate people outside who were willing to do anything to get your food, can you defend yourself? How are you going to defend yourself? How long before you run out of ammo? Then what? Okay. If there really was an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse, a uh, matter of fact, last night there was a big boom. That happened, and, and people all around the area where I'm at heard the boom. We were talking about it with friends this morning. And what was that? You know, it could have been anything. Probably just a sonic boom. Could have been this or that. You know, there's some military training areas not too far away, so it could have been that. You know, but what if it was an actual boom? What if some way, somehow, there was, you know, something happened and we were thrust back into the dark ages? Does it seem impossible? Well, maybe it seems impossible, but what what if there was a space war that knocked out communications? What if you couldn't access the internet? What if you couldn't use your cell phone or even get the radio? You know, what if your only source of information came from the people you could meet with face to face? Then what? What if there really was a catastrophic contagion, a truly deadly virus genetically modified by government researchers that accidentally escaped into the human population? You know, what if it was released on purpose? What if the death rate was 25% or 30% or even 50% or more? Then what? Then what? What if some jackass decides to launch tiny particles into the atmosphere to shield the earth from the sun to save the polar bears and something goes horribly wrong? What if this radical atmospheric manipulation had catastrophic consequences and the Earth were suddenly plunged into another ice age? Then what? You know, meteor strikes, magnetic poles shifting, you know, alien invasions, anything can happen. But then what? We deal with it, right? That's what happens. We deal with it. We, as a species, are survivors. 
One need not consider much more than our hunting and gathering ancestors to grasp the profound capacity for human beings to adapt and, you know, to to what what now seems like unimaginable hardships. Can you imagine being a caveman or even being a hunter or gatherer? You know, can you imagine how hard that was? There were no hospitals. There was no social safety net. You know what I mean? You you get the point, I'm sure. You know, even the challenges of life in recent history, like going back to the wild, wild west, you know, back in the good old wagon days, you know, when people were coming west, you know, the hardships of that lifestyle, of that journey are beyond comprehension for most people. Most people simply cannot relate. If you were to drop the average domesticated American into the wilderness, they will die. <laughs> Period. You know, the average for very for sure. Some people will survive because we have this incredible survival instinct, but most people are going to die. If you were to drop the average domesticated American into the mid 1800s, for that matter, a hefty percentage of people simply would not make it. You know, we've grown soft. There's no point in trying to deny it. Just to be honest and be blunt, I have grown soft. But I did grow up without running water and electricity in the Alaskan wilderness. And I do come from a long line of grit and tenacity, of figuring it out for yourself, of fixing it with what you've got, of making do with what you have. The good Lord always provides. That was a staple belief in my upbringing. But that didn't mean what you might think it mean. It means nature provides food, water, and shelter. It's out there. You know, you just have to go out there and get it. You have to find it. You have to work for it. You know, what, what, what's for dinner? I don't know. Go kill something. You know what I mean? Uh, the good Lord only helps those who help themselves. That was another bit of wisdom drilled into my brain. You know, nature is indifferent. God really doesn't care when I bitch, moan, and complain about my circumstances. You know, prayer? Well, you know, there's always that. But then what? But then what? Are we just to sit around on our asses and wait for our prayers to be answered? You'd be a damn fool if you do. You know, there's a storm coming. You better get ready. Stock up. Prepare to hunker down. You know, the worst case scenario is that you pray for something that doesn't happen and then sit around hopped up on hopium waiting for someone else to save you, someone else to help you with your food, water and shelter, someone else to solve your problems, to fix your stuff, to help you figure things out. But what if someone else never comes? Then what? Then what? What do we do? You know, there are too many things in motion right now or at any given point in time for any one of us to track at any given point in time. We have a, a, a limited amount of time. We have a limited amount of information. We have a limited scope of consideration. There are a great number of matters that simply exceed our limited cognitive capacity and our ultimate ability to comprehend. That's just part of being a human being. And with this in mind, one of the worst case scenarios for any one of us, regardless of our circumstance and our, and our preparedness and all that, one of the worst case scenarios is for us to become paralyzed by indecision. Hesitation can lead to death. You know, another aspect of this is that simply not knowing what to do because there are too many options, because there's conflicting information, or because we're hung up in this endless cycle of evaluating what's the best thing to do, you know, all of that, regardless of the cause, the fact that these mental loops are happening, they, they cripple our ability to take action. And life is a path of action. Without massive, practical, tactical action, there's not a damn thing that's going to change. 
we're going to be stuck in this loop of, uh, uh, you know, this mind-melted, you know, messed up, sophisticated psychological warfare and propaganda, blah, all of that, you know. Now, more than ever, we need to take bold, radical actions. We need to act as if we have to act, as if our very survival is on the line, because, my friends, it is. Hopium and hesitation will surely lead to our demise, even if we are fully prepared to weather the storm, even if the, you know, we think that we've got it all figured out. We're going to be able to make through this. We're just going to ride this one out. You know, the unpleasant reality of all hell breaking loose, whatever that looks like, it impresses upon the patriot a certain urgency. We must help others prepare as well because we cannot stand alone. But here's the thing, friends. If we simply sit back and wait for it all to happen, if we, if we just react to the circumstances and try to ride it all out, if we just try to prepare for that worst case scenario, then we lose and we lose forever because once the global cabal has inoculated the masses against misinformation, once people cry out for state sanctioned censorship, once they've fully revised history, once this incredible transition to the collective hive mind of global group think is complete, the bulk of humanity will become slaves to the flow of information. They will become enslaved in their own minds. Their perspectives, opinions, and sincerely held beliefs will be directed from on high by weaponized AI, no less. And their actions and their behaviors will become increasingly less human. The dumbed down domesticated masses will be thrilled to learn that all the threats to peace and stability have finally been eradicated from the planet. You know, the genocide will be recorded as a win for global democracy. Then comes the genetic in the engineering. Designer babies might become fashionable. But the real power of this technology, this genetic manipulation, is in identifying the genetic predispositions to rebel. Why allow such disruptions when they can be snuffed out at inception? This is taking the idea of pre-crime, which, by the way, is already being deployed with AI technology, and extending it to the most noble cause. We'll use AI for pre-crime to keep people safe and protect democracy. Make no mistake, friends. Predictive policing is here, and it is here to stay. And the results of this dystopian technology, which have been being used in the state of Washington, FYI, since at least 2015, the results are in. The results are nothing short of astounding. It's like a police state's fantasy come true. Wow, we can use AI to predict crime before it happens and get the criminals before they commit the crime. Holy smokes, it's amazing, you know? Just think. What they can do with this technology once they turn it on all of those radical right-wing extremists who cling to their guns and Bibles, you know. Think about when they turn it against all the Christian insurrectionists and the radical school board harassing domestic terrorist types who, who, who you know, are out there creating a disturbance and they're, they're interfering with the peace. You know, all of these, these terrible right-wingers don't even stand a chance. They're going to be stopped and arrested before they ever get to the school board before they're able, ever able to cause a disturbance. And this, this will keep people safe. This will ensure peace and stability. And the crowd goes wild. Wow, yay, we're going to keep people safe. We're going to protect democracy. Welcome to future Earth. For all these reasons, friends, and for so many more, having humanity 
mindlessly march into an inescapable global surveillance state is, in fact, the worst case scenario. Weaponized AI, algorithmic social interventions, sentinel surveillance, state-sanctioned censorship, the, you know, the control of emerging perceptions, all of this is already in motion. And like we started out a couple of days ago, you know, what's in motion is going to stay in motion, laws of motion, Newton's laws of motion, until acted upon by an unbalanced force. And the question is, what will be that force? Could you be that force? Could I be that force? Probably not. You know, probably not. Because that would be like an ant trying to stop the crushing force of a boot. But an idea, an idea, friends. Now that is something that has a force all of its own. What if the ant's last act was to send out a warning? Watch out for the boot! You know, maybe other ants would wise up. You know, maybe other ants would start looking around. Where's that big boot in the sky? Hey, where's that drone spraying all that hell spray? Hey, what's with all this uh, surveillance and stuff like that? Is that cool? How can we get around that? I mean, it's just if we can't, then we can't even have a conversation. We're not even able to resist and resist. We must. But let's get back to reality. Back to reality. Kevin McCarthy is a schmuck. That's nothing new. And I'm sure you want to know all about what I think about Kevin McCarthy. I think he's just another Mitch McConnell. He's he he doesn't care about the Constitution or the American people. He cares about his career, his position, his power, more power. He's a politician, not a representative of we the people. Now, those 20 or so brave representatives of Freedom Caucus, you know, those who are out there daring to defy the establishment are getting raked over the coals right now by the mainstream media. It's all over the news. That's the big the big hubbub, the big, you know, the political theater of the day. Oh, my gosh. We, you know, it hasn't happened in 100 years and our, our country can't even function because of these 20 radical MAGA extremists. Come on. You know, they're being attacked from the left and the right. They're facing ridicule day and night, and yet they stand their ground. Many people are saying that this circus is a prime example of our government being broken. But I say it's a prime example of our dysfunctional government still lurching forward. As long as we can still have a few elected representatives in the halls of power making a stand for we the people, then, then, then we have a chance. But the Republican Party, what have they done? What have they done for election integrity? What have they done for, you know, the value of the dollar or our economy or energy independence or anything. Come on. These people, the Republican establishment, they're in bed with the Democrat establishment. It is not a left versus right. It is, in fact, an us versus them. The few powerful elites against the majority of the masses. We, the people of the United States of America who do declare our God-given divine right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and don't give a damn whatever the hell rule they come up with in the far-off land of Oz, the deep state, the swamp. It doesn't matter. But we have to have representatives. We have to function. We have to have society and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's not, it's not anarchy. It's not doing away with all the rules. It's just saying what's happening has been happening for too long, and we can't continue down the path that we're on. It's unsustainable. It's insane. It's absurd. It's ludicrous. It's outrageous. Preposterous. Luke, what the hell are you talking about? In my opinion, friends, to have 20 patriotic representatives making a stand 
and be willing to throw a stick in the spokes of business as usual to make a big fuss, to stand up and rock the boat and embarrass the party bosses. I believe this is a good thing. It exposes the deceit and the corruption of the two-party system who want nothing more than to frolic with taxpayer dollars and dance on the grave of the American dream. The heart of the swamp has a globalist pulse, and it's high time we stick a stake in it. You know, these 20 rebels are demanding transparency and accountability. That's all. They're saying, no, we're not going to we're not going to vote for you because you don't you're not standing up for transparent account- accountability. Look what you've done. Look at your track record. Actions speak louder than words. And again, life is a path of action. How about uh, we make a stand like giving our elected representatives five days to read through the thousands of pages of legislation that get dropped on the House floor before, we, you know, in the middle of the night before being, you know, our representatives are, quote, you know, they're forced to vote on it. They're not, you know, who can do that? And like Nancy Pelosi says, we got to pass it before we can, you know, read it. Come on. That's not cool. That's not representative government. You know, that's not too much to ask to say we need some time to read thousands of pages of legislation and legalese and then maybe even talk to our constituents and get some feedback on it. You want me to vote for this or not vote for it? What do you guys think? I don't know. You know, how about making a stand? for federal spending cuts and a balanced federal budget. Holy smokes, it's pie in the sky. It can never happen. We just have to print more money forever and ever and ever and pretend like inflation's not a thing. No, friends, what we're really doing here, uh, what they're really doing here is trying to destroy the value of the dollar to usher in the global digital currency. I was going to get to that today. Uh, looks like I'm going to not have time to get to that today. We'll be getting into the what's going on behind the scenes, why we've got all the smoke and mirrors and, and political theater. We'll, we'll get to that tomorrow. Later, but the uh, the other thing that the twenty rowdy rebel rousers are demanding is that there are that we impose term limits for all these corrupt career politicians. Can you imagine if you know uh, the Nancy Pelosi's and the Bernie Sanders and let's just say it, the, the Mitch McConnells and them, even the Mitt Romneys, just suddenly all of a sudden, you know, boom, you have stayed here too long. You put down roots. Your roots run deep in the swamp, and we got to do something about that. So let's change the rules and say that you can only serve, serve the people for so long, and then all of a sudden you start serving yourself, right? So let's let's impose some term limits, or at least talk about it. That's what these twenty rebel rousers are demanding. You know, it seems like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're doing it. They're destroying our democracy, friends. What is absolutely shocking to me is that there are only twenty elected representatives who are willing to stand up and fight for we, the American people. Everyone else is either cowardly or corrupt, in my humble opinion. If McCarthy gets in, the establishment wins, just like they have for all these years. Year after year, election after election, nothing ever changes, friends. And that just might be the worst case scenario of them all. Friends, it's time we be the change. Resist, we must. That is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please do me the great honor. Take the time, find that little heart, click the heart, and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And above all else, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. 